This is the Growth Fanatics podcast, a show dedicated to sharing tried and tested tactics and strategies for growing your business. Delivered by your hosts, Darren Graham and Adil Jan, in association with 408 Media. Hi, and welcome to the Growth Fanatics podcast brought to you by 408 Media. I'm your host, Darren Graham, and today's podcast is all about shopping feeds and shopping ads and how to make the most of them. Our guest today is Martin of Feed Optimize, and his company helps online shops manage and optimize their shopping feeds and shopping ads. So, Martin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Darren. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Me and Martin, we've been working together for a number of years now with the agency. So, we use Martin's uh, tool for anyone that we've got on an, on an e-commerce platform. So he's, he's helped us out hugely with the work and the, his, his tool. Um, so I thought it makes sense to get him on the podcast, pick his brains about how people can use the t- his tool in particular, strategies around different shopping feeds and just get some general information on where you can start and what you can do with them. So for those that don't know about Feed Optimize and you, how did you get started? What was the idea behind it? And, and what does Feed Optimize do? Sure. So yeah, we've started in early 2011, and basically, you know, the reasons behind it is uh, were like you know help people advertising on different kind of uh, marketplaces, uh, comparison shopping engines. At the time, Google Shopping was actually still free. It was yeah. called Google Base or Frugal. So you know there were lots of kind of uh, requirements or demands on on getting people listed on those channels. But at the same time. People were struggling with technical aspects of it in terms of how to get listed, how to keep everything up to date and basically get set up. So this is where we come. We basically, you know, were helping other agencies to a degree with their kind of software needs, but then decided, you know what, why not do it ourselves and, and you know, expose it to the end customer directly. So we build a software, we then provided the service as a software as a service solutions where, you know, customers can use our software. We help them to integrate with their uh, a, a shopping carts and then get listed on any channels that they want to get listed so they can you know, reach more uh, customers and potential buyers. One of the great things about uh, your tool as well is it helps with not only with, with Google Shopping feed, but with Facebook as well, which... Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a big thing. So yeah. like I know a lot of people, especially when we speak to people from the Google Ads side of things, when they've even tried to delve into Facebook on their own, that is a different minefield for them. It, and it is quite a complicated process. Whereas using um, someone like yourself to get that set up, that just streamlines everything and makes things a lot easier. As a question for you as well is, when we speak to people about shopping, they, they always want to do more with shopping, but they don't know kind of where to start with it. So what would your advice be on? Where do they start? What should they do? Should they go on both platforms, i.e social and search or should they stick to one or the other so yeah i would say definitely well start somewhere <laughs> and and i think you probably should start with a a traffic first and then follow with remarketing to a degree so in a way good start would be google shopping or anything similar to google shopping like Bing shopping where you can actually get the traffic and then you could use a, a channels like facebook or social to get people who somehow abandoned your cart to get them recovered through those kind of mediums. So yeah. then Facebook would follow or would complete the, the entire kind of path to a degree where, you know, Google sends you a traffic and then you get Facebook to, to recover some users should they not convert using Google. So, yeah, I would say you kind of need both uh, to a degree to, you know, to have a full holistic campaign setup when it comes to, you know, advertising your website. But, yeah, again, I would say, you know, start with Google, get the traffic going, get the pixel tracking people, and then you can 
try and you know rec- recover those people should they not convert already. Cool. One of the things that with we we certainly see, especially on from a Facebook side of things, is people's ability to create creatives is is quite limited. So, what we found is using um, shopping feeds. Like what a lot of people don't know is they assume, like you said, that they can use a shopping feed to do re- retargeting. What what they're starting to do now is use that product feed to actually do traffic campaigns and actually using the pixel data to to drive in users based on what they might like as well so, so yeah it's a really good idea of driving traffic in and then remarketing marketing with the social aspect of it from from your point of view do you find that certain certain platforms work better for people so i know you've got like woocom shopify magento for, for a newbie would you suggest sort of like shopify or uh, woocom well uh, probably shopify will have a easier starting point right because it's all fully hosted by by shopify itself it's kind of set up in the mind of you not worrying about the architecture servers any of it it gives you a predefined template uh, however you need to accept the fact that as it's hosted by shopify then kind of shopify owns your platform to a degree right you you don't have a database per se in a raw form you have Shopify database, where with WooCommerce, it's a slightly different approach. It's also relatively popular those days and and very common. However, usually you will need to have some server where you host it. But then the advantage of it is that you host everything and you own everything. So it's a mixture, depending what are your requirements. Both are are great platforms, but it all depends on your needs or or on your concerns or requirements in terms of how you want to, you know, store on the data your website eventually will collect and handle got it, yeah that's cool okay so we've let's say we've got a new client a new someone that's new to this they're like okay cool we're going to get started with shopping ads we, we've got the feet up what kind of you've mentioned obviously one strategy which is using search to drive users into the website and and then using like social to remarket is there any other sort of strategies for maybe people that are looking either to scale or people that are on tight budgets that they can use to to use shopping within that to drive traffic and sales no absolutely i mean the 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 good stuff of google or any kind of well not any but the bit bit based a platforms is that you can beat as low as as you wish to so for example with google you could start with one per click which sounds like it's not a lot but it actually can bring you something and then you can scale up as it goes, you know, start bidding on products which do convert and ultimately, you know, easily scale it up and, and you know, follow the data, follow what exactly how it works. So that's probably the, the very low level entry strategy because it will virtually cost you, well, nothing, right? Because one people click, it's not going to cost you fortune. Yeah. Uh, I mean, similar with Facebook, you could probably try the same or Facebook might be a bit more expensive than one people click. Um, but technically, you know, you could also target demographics and so on and so forth. But, you know, the, the remarketing approach might be a bit more kind of targeted because you know that that user shown an interest in your website before. Therefore, showing him that product makes more sense than showing that product to someone who might not even be interested in that products, in those products. That's why, you know, uh, probably again, Google would be starting point. But that doesn't mean you you cannot do just Facebook or just social without Google, Uh, like Instagram shopping ads are are a perfect example where you know relatively well what is your audience on your Instagram because those are the the, the posts, the the, the, the content you're promoting. Therefore, you could expect if you 
if you're selling, let's say, home appliance, it's a very extreme example for social. But if you're selling home appliance, then probably your Instagram will be with a content relevant to those type of products. Therefore, you know, putting some home appliances on your Instagram feed, it's not going to be that, you know, out of scope or out of context, simply because whoever follows you, they follow you for a reason because you actually have a home appliances related content. So it's not that strange to have just social presence and not shopping presence. But ultimately, when it comes to, you know, to product driven campaigns, you should probably, you know, get it the other way around so you can close both of those loops. It's interesting enough, we were discussing sort of like a counterintuitive strategy the other day where potentially now it might be cheaper to drive in, depending on how long someone's had a Facebook pixel on the website, let's say they've had it for, you know, a year, for example, potentially now using like a lookalike audience to drive traffic into the website relatively cheap and then using something like an rsla as a remarketing platform to then just target people that have been to the website but then searching so that was something else we were discussing the other day as as a potential idea for a strategy and just sort of flipping it because we do pretty much exactly what you do with a lot of when we're starting a campaign is we'll use search to drive in traffic because of the intent and then we find that a social remarketing campaign generally works better than a display remarketing campaign from a conversion point of view. But then we were thinking, well, what else is there? And then we thought, well, RSLA makes sense. And we're going to sort of try that backwards and see what works there. So, yeah, so that's a good call as well. Absolutely. Um, Especially if you have a big user base, as you said, and the Pixel has a relatively big history. It's a completely different animal than yes. Um, what are your thoughts with with Pinterest as well? Have you had much experience using sort of fees with Pinterest and how have you seen that sort of work for people? So yeah, absolutely. We have quite a few customers who actually are trying a, a Pinterest. So far, we have a limited degree of, of, of seeing kind of relatively uh, uh, interesting performance. So it's hard for me to say whether it's generally work and generally does it. I mean, we have a mixture. For some people, it works very well. For other people, it, you know, attracted huge amount of traffic, but not converting traffic. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, it's depends how, how Pinterest will play it and how they will be, you know, a targeting or narrowing out the audience to those type of ads. Yeah. We'll see how the, how the platform will play out. But it's definitely one interesting to watch, especially that it's quite, you know, image-driven. It is images only. So it's pretty perfect example for, you know, for products where you advertise them yeah. with images first. So absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's that, that platform that I think, I predict is going to be that the next big sort of shopping platform because obviously that's why people go to it now to sort of collect ideas to purchase. But I think with the fact that it does, it sort of blends search and social targeting in the same way and has the pixel to do, I think if and when they sort of get that, that sort of marriage right, that's going to work well because we've had the same experience with you. It's, it's a kind of, we can do, it, it's either does one or two things really well. It drives traffic really well and they convert on other platforms better or it's great for a remarketing campaign to capture people on. Whereas we tend to find it's easier to have, to drive traffic and convert on search and now to drive traffic and convert on Facebook. I think that just needs a little bit of work. But yeah, it's interesting to hear what your thoughts on that would be. No, I think it's still relatively new. So probably, you know, Pinterest is still trying to figure things out. I mean, we are seeing that sometimes, you know, they have strange requirements on some kind of feed specifications. I mean, they actually follow Google specs to a degree, but they are quite a 
demanding when it comes to categorization. So you need to categorize things very, very, very deeply. So, you know, with Google or Facebook, we could basically, you know, stop at the second level, for example. Yeah. But with Pinterest, if they know that there are further levels, then they will actually, you know, be complaining that you need to categorize it deeper. Otherwise, they won't approve those products. So I'm not sure why they need so much categorization or such a big deepness to, to, to your products. Uh, don't know. Maybe the algorithm needs it. But, right. but you know, that's, that's one thing they might need to change because it, it kind of, you know, stop, stops some point of entry to a degree because, you know, some people might not be able to so deeply categorize their items. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, it's interesting one to watch for sure. Have you got any sort of tips or hacks um, for anyone to get more out of their shopping? So you've mentioned, obviously, the strategies of driving traffic. Is there anything you sort of like insider tips that you would do if it was your sort of shop to get a better performance, really? Absolutely. I mean, especially with things like uh, Google Shopping, which is heavily keyword or heavily search phrases driven. I mean, the, what we are seeing, it you can have a big difference to your performance if you make sure that your titles, your contents, particularly titles, are relevant to what people are searching for. So, you know, uh, don't try to make your titles very short simply because they look cool. Make sure that they actually contain what product is about. So, you know, when you sell dress, add dress word inside your title. If that dress is black or white or blue, add that color in. So then when people are searching quite specifically white dress or black dress, they will find you. Uh, what we are quite often seeing is that it's not the case where, you know, you don't have those extra words in the titles. And then you either will pay a lot because you will be le uh, less relevant or you yeah. might not be found yeah. at all because Google cannot justify showing you because you're not relevant enough. So yeah. that would be one and, and quite important one to make sure yeah. your, your titles are spot on and also your categories as far as your website categories or product type is concerned goes. Okay. Make sure it's also descriptive. What we've noticed is that attribute is to a degree hidden. User cannot see it. But we've noticed that Google does pay attention to it. It can, you know, make quite important difference to you. If it's irrelevant, you might not be even considered to, to show for search. So, you know, don't try to make it generic or very broad. Try to also keep it as a product type supposed to be describing what is your, your product type. Okay. So that, that will, you know, play as far as the search or, or, or keywords based uh, uh, shopping channels are concerned. But then, when it comes to display, and not only display as well shopping, yeah. uh, but probably display will have a bit bigger role is uh, images. Make sure your images are spot on, that you yeah. know, your product is a centerpiece of your image. Uh, you show it quite well, it's clean, transparent. Uh, Google particularly does not like if you have overlays, right? So if you want to add some promotional message on, on the image, don't. Yeah. And, and well, the reason they don't like it, similarly, Facebook wouldn't also probably appreciate it, although Facebook would not disapprove you for it, is that usually those platforms cache the images, right? So they will actually cache the image. If you will put something like, I don't know, sale on that image, they yeah. will cache it for 30 days. That sale might not be relevant in 10 days, but the image will still be featuring it. Um, the, the another point, which is more for, for Google than for Facebook, Google has a concept of grouping people together, right? So if you sell the same product as your competitors, so let's say it's five of you selling same product, you only have one title and one image. Therefore, if you will brand it to yourself, then Google does not want to display it against your competitor because it is odd. So 
this is why it's so important, you know, to make sure that the, the image is about your product and your product only. Because when it comes to Google, for example, you could actually get suspended over having extra, you know, content on the image, which is different than product. Uh, there are also requirements uh, when it comes to dimensions. So uh, both Facebook and Google appreciate bigger images rather than smaller. Yeah. Uh, we are also seeing, particularly with Facebook, they have a problem with cropping images. So Facebook wants squares. And yeah. what we quite often are seeing is that they might crop it very strangely. So we've seen uh, cases where models had been cut out didn't look right and then you know the image got a bit distorted so those are another things where you know for facebook you might get your images tweaked a bit to be you know a specific ratio so they will look a bit better so that probably would be another tip which is quite you know a, a relative to all shopping channels another tip i would say as well this one is should be quite obvious it's not always something you can actually do but stay competitive make sure your price is actually you know relevant uh, uh, to other people in a sense of you are not way out of the league, you are more expensive. You, yeah. try, you, you try and stay close to them because at the end of the day, for example, Google Shopping, it's a price comparison engine. So people mm -hmm. go there to find the cheapest price. So ultimately you will attract more people by having cheaper prices. You can also, uh, uh, in case you can't lower down the price, but you have some promotions like coupon codes, try utilizing merchant promotions with Google Shopping. Yeah. It, it gives you an extra incentive. Your your ad slot will look different than your competitors, suggesting that they can get something extra out of you, which they can get from your competitors. So although your price might not be the cheapest, with the discount it actually might be. So yeah. you know that's another way to 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 attract extra audience or make you stand out from from the crowd from the competitors. Um, and one more tip, which is very important, is follow your performance. So you know keep an eye on your campaign performance. And uh, if products don't work, they attract lots of clicks, but they don't convert, lower them down. Think about it later on, why it might happen, you know, try seeing if there is something in your uh, uh, website which could get people not to convert. Yeah. But in the meantime, not waste your budget, lower it down, and then other products will virtually gain the budget because you won't be wasting your own products which don't convert. And in return, you can actually get better profitability of your campaign because you will tune it towards products which do convert. So yeah. this one is quite important or quite uh, commonly, you know, seen where we are seeing people thinking that that's my best seller, let's say on Amazon, or that's my best seller directly. So let's boost it. Let's put a high bid on it. It must sell because it's my best seller. But for whatever reason, Google audience might be completely different and that might not be the case. So, you know, rather than thinking in a sense that must work, let's let's do it that way. Give all products equal chance and then see what data shows you and basically adjust accordingly. So that way you know that you have not accidentally biased it based yeah. on what, for example, sells on Amazon, but not necessarily needs to be the case on Google. Really good tips. Um, sort of back, piggybacking onto the one about um, price comparison and, and being the cheapest. Some things that we've seen or we've worked with clients on is they might have products that are, that are great, but they can't compete at the price. And then what we've worked with them to is like bundle the products together. So if, they, if they've got a product that isn't as popular, but they can churn them out and it's, it's really cheap, it's actually bundle it with that as an example. It might be that someone's selling a, a pendant, but they, they've got a chain that they can bundle onto that and they can produce them really cheap. So we've, we've worked with clients to do that as well. So that's another 
so it's a good you, idea, yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're struggling to sell a particular product, but you can bundle that with another product, that's one. That's another way as well of of utilising the traffic when it's coming to your website and getting your shop to perform better as well. But no, brilliant tips there, brilliant tips. Obviously, the the online advertising world changes probably hourly, or it feels like that at least. Anyway, how do you see sort of like the future of the shopping campaigns or future shopping online shopping feeds and sort of user experience changing or what do you think that's going to be and how can businesses sort of take advantage of that so basically what we are seeing there are lots of things going on like for example google is experimenting with their own amazon like take so they, they they call it google actions uh, or it used to be called google express although it's changing it's morphing it's supposed to be released in, in france now they kind of slowly uh, made it less uh, uh, broad but yeah. ultimately you can sell your products directly on google through Google Wallet. It's almost like you're not getting traffic to your website, you literally sell it on Google. Oh, yeah. So similar, no concept like Amazon. So this is the thing. So that is something which we might see Google will try and experiment with simply to, you know, to have some alternative to Amazon to a degree and see what they can do themselves or, or you know, enable people to sell on Google directly. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we also seeing lots happening with the managing of the campaign performance, where Google is 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 putting a lot on AI, yeah. and uh, you know what I mean that where where Google robots are trying to to you know manage it for yourself in terms of what they think might sell and then bid more on it at the auction level, and then you know adjust accordingly. Otherwise, if they think that it might not convert that well, therefore trying to preserve your budget as well as they can. I mean. Again, how it works, it's a mixture. For some customers, it's worked very well. For others, you can actually manage it better yourself. So, you know, it's not a perfect fit for everyone, but they definitely will be, you know, investing more in AI from the, you know, campaign perspective and campaign management. So we definitely, you know, we'll see a lot more on AI front of things. Yeah, otherwise, you know, there are also things like people experimenting or we will probably see more on the image aspects, like, you know, images being more dynamic. You have prices which are more dynamic on images. We we already experimenting with with few customers um, on a Facebook front of things where we merge images into one image. So they, they see multiple images at the very first, uh, a, let's say, Facebook uh, app, they can see multiple images. And there is also sometimes we adding overlays where it's kind of contradictory to what I said in terms of Google, but that's particularly for Facebook where we can update those images on a daily basis by changing URL and forcing Facebook to download them. So we might see a bit more dynamic content around images. Uh, uh, also happening and I'm still looking forward to a bit more when it comes to ad placement on videos right where you actually can see okay I'm watching that video I can see that that I don't know a washing machine or or uh, that football or whatever you click on it and all of a sudden you see people who are uh, who, where you can buy from so that's something which Google is also slowly experimenting with but this one is a tricky to implement probably from the setup perspective or from the content perspective but we might see more of it uh, as time progress. I think they're doing a really good job. Well, I think from my point of view, they're doing a really good job with the YouTube shopping side of things. That seems to be really nice and smooth now. I've been sort of been looking into mountain biking a lot recently, and there's a few channels that have got their own kind of got their own merch setup. So what you're starting to see now with a lot of the videos is underneath is shop for our merch, and it's such a nice smooth process where it's just lovely under the under the video. You can see what it is. 
click on it and it goes directly to that product. So I think they're doing a really good job with that. It's it work. It seems to look similar to um, collections on Facebook. So if you're scrolling through your feed, you'll see the actual video, and underneath that, you've got the the option to have a look at different products. That obviously collections you shop within the Facebook platform, whereas YouTube sends you to the website. But they work seem to work really well together. The shopping feed. Absolutely. Uh, Google powers it via showcase ads, which is another example of that type of collection-like approach where you can use shopping ads, which are usually product-driven, but in case of showcase ads, it's literally a collection of products and you are specifying generic keywords. So let's say if someone searches for word dresses, it's hard to say which dress they want, right? But with showcase ads, you can create a collection of all your dresses and then they can browse through all dresses you actually sell. Cool. So almost you're bidding like for a keyword in that case, yeah. which is a dress or dresses, and then you have a list of items which you select, which should then be featured for that particular uh, a ad slot, which is also a different business model or in a sense of its cost per engagement. So yeah. you don't pay for click, you pay for engagement. So that's another one which you might need to consider whether that works for you or no. It's harder to measure in a sense to a degree. Well, it's not harder to measure, but it's harder to, you can convert it to cost per acquisition anyway to a degree, but, but it's a slightly different kind of you know, metric or, or a, a, a charging model. So yeah. you might need to you know, consider your goals slightly differently for that, but probably worth a try, especially if you have lots of broad queries like bikes, yeah. dresses, t-shirts, you know what I mean? So you can feature all your products from your store. I suppose that'd be a good way to sort of scale up. So if you if you start in and you've got a long tail initially, that's been working well, and you're looking to up the budget, maybe try that to go broad and then see how, how that works. That might be an interesting way to, to use that. No, Absolutely. brilliant. I think I think that's everything for the questions I had for you today. You've been a wealth of knowledge, as always. Um, Thank you. Thanks a lot for being on. If, if people want to get a hold of you, where's the best place? Which you know, website, social, where should they contact you? Sure. So I would say probably website, feedoptimize.com, although you can reach us at Twitter and Facebook as well. You will find uh, at our website, you will find contact form, email address, you can phone number, you can reach us at any point whenever you want. Just drop us an email. Happy to help. Happy to, you know, look at what is it you, you're struggling with and see how, how can you help. Brilliant. That's great. Well, what I'll do as well is uh, for everyone watching this on YouTube, I'll put the links in the um, video description and everyone watch, uh, listening on the podcast, they'll be in the show notes as well. So you can go directly to Martin's website or his social feeds as well. But thanks again. I uh, appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to the Growth Fanatics podcast brought to you by 408 Media. If you're running a paid ads campaign and would like to see if you could be doing better, why not get a free ads audit? Simply go to 408media.co.uk or simply click the link in the show notes.